Welcome, everybody, to the April 2020 edition of the Big Gay Fiction Book Club. This month, we are talking about LOL, Laugh Out Loud, which is the second in the After Oscar series by Lucy Lennox and Molly Maddox. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm always game for a Lucy Lennox book, and I think you picked a great one for this month's book club. Yes, it definitely provided some much-needed levity. By the way, I want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to the premiere episode of the Big Gay Fiction Book Club. In last month's episode, we spoke about Annabeth Albert's Arctic Heat, and we actually recorded that episode in very late February in preparation for that chat to go live at the beginning of March. And here we are now at the beginning of April, and boy, things are very, very different. I don't even know what to say. It's a difficult time for everybody. And hopefully this discussion of this lighthearted, slightly ridiculous romantic comedy will help buoy everyone's mood. Now, as Jeff mentioned, LOL is the second book in the After Oscar series. It's worth noting that this book stands completely on its own. You do not have to read the first book in order to understand the second. The connecting premise for these books is that the main characters have all had disastrous dating interactions with a guy named Oscar. He is mentioned in IRL, which is the first book in the series. But this time around in the second book, we actually get to read text conversations Oscar has with our hero, as well as phone conversations. So we get a better idea of who this guy is. The insane life that Oscar has. (laughs) (laughs) And I would just underline your point. I did not get to read IRL because that was a book that you picked up and read for the show. I dove into this one and I missed absolutely nothing. Got right in here to the antics right away. Scotty, one of our main characters, also makes a brief appearance in IRL. Our two heroes in that book take a carriage ride through Central Park in New York City. And the billionaire hero doesn't like how flirty Scotty is with his potential boyfriend. But that's really the only connection these two stories have. So, shall we jump into what LOL is all about? Let's do it. Okay, things open with a bang, or with a Winnie and an A. I can't believe you said that. Did you work on that opening line? That was really good. No, that was off the top of my head. Wow. A cop commandeers Scotty's carriage for a wild ride through the streets of New York City. But it quickly becomes obvious to Scotty that his passenger is, in fact, not a cop. I loved this chase scenario. We lived in New York long enough. We've seen those carriages that go around Central Park. Every now and then you might see one on the street somewhere on its way, you know, getting the horse back to its stable, which is usually somewhere right around Central Park. But the idea of a high-speed chase, as high-speed as a carriage can go through the streets of Manhattan, cracked me up. Exactly. Now, this cop is actually Hollywood superstar Roman Burke. And after this horse-drawn escapade, he is able to smooth things over with the actual police. And he, he feels bad because Scotty's told him more than once that... This taking the horse away from Central Park, they were actually trying to go to Chelsea Piers, which also cracked me up as a location in New York that I have visited a lot. The horses aren't allowed to go that far from the park, and he needed to show a badge or what were they running from, and 
poor Roman just couldn't get it together to elaborate what they were doing because he was essentially in flight mode at that point. And unfortunately, it, it's Scotty here who really you know pays for Roman's mistake because he ends up you know stuck with the police even though Roman's trying to smooth it over a little bit and he's stuck with an employer who's none too happy that all of this happened in the first place. Exactly. It's not too long after that we learn that Scotty has lost his carriage driving job and is no longer able to house his beloved horse Nugget in a nearby stable. So he does what any intelligent guy would do. With horse in hand, he actually shows up on Roman's doorstep and wants to know what Mr. Fancy Hollywood Superstar is going to do about the situation. Yeah. This is one of those that I just love seeing this play out in my head. Roman's had a tough time. He's been actually trying to explain everything that went down to Oscar, who is kind of his... Somewhere between PR, manager, disaster, fixer guy, because Roman's got issues. We find out a little bit as he's talking to Oscar that he's kind of got some issues around panic attacks. And that's actually what happened is that he ended up in a panic attack uh, while he was filming this scene. And so he saw the carriage and used it to get away from the situation. Poor Scotty knows none of this. And so he shows up with Nugget. Uh, there's already this cluster of, of paparazzi outside Roman's place. And, and so what does he do with the horse? He brings the horse inside the brownstone, which I can't even imagine. <laughs> I w- Lucy, you need to make this on a film. Lucy, Molly, <laughs> get this made through your Hollywood connections, please, because I can't imagine. So Roman takes this all in stride and invites Scotty in and makes him some pancakes and (laughs) as you do when there's a horse in your foyer (laughs) and while they're eating they discuss scotty's predicament he's essentially become homeless but his main concern is is that if nugget doesn't have a stable or a place to stay they're going to take his horse away from him so roman promises to make everything right the only solution is to escape to oscar's house in vermont it's more than a house let's just be honest it is a palatial ranch, whole bunch of land, and a barn where luckily Nugget can hang out and be safe and taken care of, but also so that Roman can get away from the city and the paparazzi who are still stalking him about the whole carriage incident. Now, Scotty understandably doesn't want to let Nugget out of his sight, but it's essentially his only option, and he agrees to do that. He, meanwhile, is going to stay in New York City and look for a new job. So he goes to the public library and goes online. And in between job searches, he actually does a little snooping about Roman. And through the various tabloid websites, he learns that Roman's sudden need to take a carriage ride was, in fact, presumably part of a panic attack that he suffered from while on set making a movie. He also learns that... Roman is the presumed father of actress Polly Mercury's baby. Polly and Roman have been romantically linked for some time. They are very close friends and once worked together. It's a very interesting set of relationships that Roman has. For somebody who likes calm and normalcy so much, he is certainly mixed up with quite a few interesting characters who are anything but calming. And Polly certainly being one of those. It's while Scotty is doing this online snooping that his backpack is stolen. 
he's essentially lost all of his worldly possessions in one fell swoop. Yeah, including some money that Roman had given him to help him get back on his feet while he went away with Nugget. It gave him something so he'd have a place to stay, take care of himself, and hopefully get himself back on his feet. But now he's you know has nothing and is penniless. So Roman has escaped New York City and finally arrives in Vermont at Oscar's palatial estate. And he goes out to the barn to check on Nugget, his only other presumed guest. But in the horse stall, he finds Scotty, who, he finds out, has hitched a ride to Vermont in Nugget's horse trailer. Scotty insists that he is fine staying out with Nugget in the stable, but Roman is having none of that. He invites him into the house and makes him some dinner. Roman will cook for anyone at any time. (laughs) (laughs) If there's a problem, Roman will make some food deal with it. And it's while they're cooking and eating together that the tangible chemistry, the heat between them kind of reaches a furious, flirty, and funny peak. I liked your alliteration there. That was very good. And it perfectly accurately described how that scene played out because the longer they were in that kitchen and talking about what to do and kind of making the meal, it just crackled and popped and and does that thing that Lucy does so well with her characters about bringing the flirty heat in. Roman goes into some further detail about his relationship and one disastrous date with Oscar that included an aborted trip to a reptile house and a visit to his incredibly cuckoo bananas family and a gift of a jar full of frogs. Of course. And the more I read the book, the more I kind of wasn't surprised about the jar full of frogs either, because that was one of the least crazy things that Oscar did. I think the thing I really liked about this moment, too, it wasn't just the flirty energy, but it was here that Scotty got to really meet non-movie star Roman. And Roman has such an amazing quality, and I think this actually goes to him feeding everybody at every opportunity, that his movie star persona, that he feels the need that he has to project, is really just that. It's a facade and, and a cover for who he really, really is. And real Roman is quite a delight. And since Roman essentially lets his guard down and is like 100% real, Scotty does the same, detailing why he's personally so gun-shy when it comes to relationships and the difficult past that he's had with his family, including his grifter of a mom, who is currently in prison. Yeah, he doesn't go into everything about that quite yet, but it is certainly something that weighs on scotty's mind a lot because despite mom being not the best mom he does still love her and wants to help her find a better path too scotty's very definitely a helper and it it goes beyond nugget when he wants to you know take care of people and happily all this leads to a very nice smoking hot sex scene (laughs) because they decide that they've got this house to themselves they might as well make use of it yeah honesty and truth telling that's always a turn on But it also immediately, unfortunately, already starts to plant the seeds of self-doubt for them both about how neither of them are right for the other one. And it, 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 it's a consistent theme that they battle with in their internal monologues on how both of them are just the wrong person for the other for any number of reasons. So our two heroes head up to bed together. And it is, of course, earth-shatteringly amazing 
few people uh, can write sexy times quite like Lucy can. It's 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 just awesome. And you know, we talked about how truth telling can be good bed talk. Well, coming out of it, there's more good truth telling. <laughs> As Scotty even discusses why he got into horses, which was a really cute story that I really liked. Mm -hmm. And how he happened to come into possession of Nugget. Yeah, because let's face it, not everybody is just ending up with a horse in their lives. And his story of Nugget, of getting Nugget, was really super sweet. So after that pillow talk, Roman gets a phone call from his good friend, Polly. And it's at this point that we discover that he is not, in fact, the father of her child. She's all in a tizzy because she doesn't know what to do and whether she should actually tell the father of her child, who is, you know, an average everyday guy. And while she is really into him, she can't possibly see how it could work between her, a superstar, and an average everyday businessman. Yeah, that's been a thing for Roman, too, because in Roman's past is the average Joe who couldn't handle getting swept up in the big Hollywood game. And Polly, having seen that in Roman, isn't sure if this Mr. Nice architect man who is a widower with three kids and twin girls in college, so it doesn't get much more normal everyday life than that, would be somebody who wants to get swept up in all of her Hollywoodness. And somehow, despite the fact that she is a superstar, Apparently, Mr. Architect doesn't pay attention to the movies or anything because he has no clue. Now, it's at this point that the perfect little bubble that our heroes have found themselves in, it pops. And it pops loudly. (laughs) The first of many pops, for that matter. (laughs) Unfortunately, Oscar's sister, Marigold, has shown up with a large crew in tow and decides to make themselves at home. Yeah, these are some crazy people. Crazy in a good way. And they apparently use Oscar's property and spa. There's a spa on this property that we actually never get to see, but we hear a lot about it. And so they essentially barge in on Roman and Scotty because they've got all the security codes and they find themselves being woke up by some some child. And this is where even more of the screwball comedy comes in with essentially Scotty and Roman playing the straight men to all of the chaos that just envelops them throughout the rest of the book is more and more people keep just showing up out of random nowhere. All the noise and chaos doesn't sit well with Roman and Scotty does his best to help quell his anxiety and take care of these unexpected visitors. I do like how Scotty steps in to really take care of Roman. He doesn't know at this point in the book the full extent to which Roman's panic attacks can get triggered. But even though they've only spent this night together and they've only known each other really for just a you know a handful of days, he really steps up to try to soothe Roman at any opportunity and kind of remove the chaos from his life. It's, it's so sweet. Scotty's such a sweet guy. And we'll see later, too, how Roman does some of the same things for Scotty when Scotty is triggered by certain things. These two are so good for each other. And, of course, one of the big issues with the bubble popping is that there are more and more people who will start to know that Roman is here. And that just opens up opportunities for the paparazzi to figure it out, too, or for somebody to post something on Instagram or share something out into the world that's going to just make things all the worse. So using Oscar's copious stash of fine vodka, he finally gets these 
zany family members out of the main house into other areas of the property so he can finally check in on Roman. One of the first things that comes out of Roman's mouth when they're finally out of the house is that he's sorry, specifically for, as he puts it, being lame. It just made me go, aw, that he thinks he did something wrong here. I mean, it's not his fault that these crazy people showed up at the door. But one of the cutest things that happens in this is over the course of the evening in bed, Scotty gave Roman the nickname of Spartacus. <laughs> it's a recurring theme through the book that Scotty keeps referring to him by that name. And it just becomes cuter and cuter every single time he does it. And, and this one was certainly one of them right here, too as Scotty is continuing to try to bring Roman down from everything that just happened in the house. So after searching the estate, they finally find Oscar's home theater room where they kind of settle in and play some video games. Because you got to do something while you're just hanging out in the house. And it's here that a little more truth talk happens. And we find out some of the root of Roman's panic attacks. It turns out that his father was actually killed by the side of the road in a lightning strike while he was helping out a family with a flat tire. His Hollywood bio simply says that his father essentially died in a farming accident, but that was just a whitewashing of what actually happened. And it's certainly Roman kind of laying his heart out on the table as he shares this story with Scotty because he hasn't done that with too many people. And it's, it's the basis of some of his anxiety attacks because... Loud noises, such as the big crack of thunder that came after the lightning strike, just kind of bring back everything that happened with his dad. And it's also here that he reveals to Scotty that he is not sleeping with Polly. It's not his child. And so it's it's really the opportunity for Roman to clear a lot of the air with Scotty of what's going on. But guess what happens next, right after all that happens? Before our two heroes can get amorous again, they are interrupted by Officer Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> who we do see a few more times and who is one of the in the scale of zany that shows up at the door he's at least a little more on the same side and i will say as a side note here i don't know who the third book might be but i honestly wouldn't mind if it was trevor because there are aspects of him that i like quite a lot yeah officer trevor is really funny and very sexy and i agree yeah he, he, he gets needs, my vote he needs a book somewhere in this cycle <laughs> <laughs> and there's a super sweet scene as they're talking with Trevor that involves Clementine oranges and Roman being really cute and peeling some for Scotty to eat. But there, <laughs> there's also somehow they decide that the, the Clementines are the sex fruit and the banter around said sex fruit is hilarious. And just another aspect of the funny that goes on in this book. After their encounter with Officer Trevor, they go to visit Nugget and take him out for some exercise where they encounter young Kip, who has essentially been hired to take care of Nugget during her stay in Vermont. And Scotty is briefly excited because he thinks he might be able to get a job with Kip and his family. They apparently run a very prosperous sleigh ride business in the snowy tourist area surrounding Stowe. And it's around this time that Scotty gets an ill-timed call from his mom. It seems she's getting out of jail tomorrow. Surprise! And wants Scotty to come pick her up. Which, of course, he can't do 
because he's in Vermont, uh, a good many hours away. And frankly, he doesn't want to go pick her up <laughs> for that matter. She chastises him a little bit for not having taken some of her calls. He actually gave his phone over to Roman when he arrived so that Roman would feel trusting of him that he wasn't going to snap some pictures or make a call and kind of give up the, the information on where he was. And mom starts to go off on him about where she's going to stay, what she's going to do, and then finds out that he's in Vermont, which she doesn't really understand at all. But he makes sure not to give up the information on exactly who he's with and why. And he finally sets it up that he's going to send her some money tomorrow so that she'll have it. And then she can just go find herself a place to stay. And he's going to take care of the necessary paperwork. And supposedly all will be done with that. I can assure you that we'll be revisiting her later, however, because it can't just be that easy. Of course, Roman, it's Roman's turn now to comfort Scotty a little bit because he could tell that that phone call really put him through some difficulty. So it's, it's his turn now to play the, play the soother, if you will. Yeah, because Scotty's in a real bind. He has this complicated relationship with his mother that he has to deal with. And plus, he has zero job prospects. And he's come to the realization that keeping Nugget just isn't going to be a possibility for him. And he's going to have to sell her. So Roman proposes that he buy Nugget. It's essentially to keep the horse in the family, if you will. <laughs> or the, the family that is not quite to be yet, but is on the way. Just as he knew he needed to take Nugget to Vermont to give the horse a place to stay, he knows that he can't allow Nugget to be separated from Scotty. Because not only does he care for Scotty, but I mean, he knows deep down that he's the reason all of this started in the first place. And he explains the reason he needs this money is to help his mom out who is getting out of jail. So that means even more truth, which actually, instead of pushing them apart, brings them closer together. And it's right at this point that there's kind of the first declaration. Saying it's the first declaration of love is is giving it a little too much weight. But Roman does flat out say here that he doesn't hate Scotty for what's gone on. And in fact, he likes him more and more with each passing moment. There's more than a sexual chemistry going on here. There's starting to be some feels, man. But the sex is important, too, and Roman... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Make no mistake. <laughs> <laughs> because Roman gives Scotty a blowjob in the bar. Now, I mentioned that Roman always likes to cook, and he's happy to cook. There are limits to his culinary skills, however. And as he gets ready to make some pasta, he really wants to use chicken in this recipe, but he realizes he doesn't know how to cook chicken. And he actually refers to it at one point as not wanting to feed Scotty a a plague bomb, <laughs> which is hilarious. And he runs around trying to ask people like Oscar, because Oscar would know, you know, being Oscar, how do you cook chicken without killing somebody? <laughs> so there is a little hilarity in the kitchen as well that I really like. The, the rise and fall of the feels, the sex, the hilarity, it just all flows so wonderfully through this book. Yeah, I mean, there's some really wonderfully tender romantic moments which is set in opposition to some of the madcap hilarity that goes on with the uh, secondary characters that our two heroes keep encountering exactly and it, it's never 
a whiplash either, even though some of it is like, boom, here, here's, you know, some more intruders. The way that it's handled and the way the book's paced is just kind of brilliant. So you never feel too pushed and pulled as you're on this kind of roller coaster journey. And, and kind of revisiting the whole kitchen thing for a minute, Roman learned how to make two dishes, pasta and pancakes. The pasta for dinner, if he had somebody over, and the pancakes, if he was lucky enough to have them stay over the night and had to cook breakfast. But apparently learning how to cook chicken with that pasta was never part of it. <laughs> and it's at this point, roughly halfway through the story, that our two heroes are catching major feels. They both know that on paper it shouldn't be working, but they really can't deny that they're super into each other. And each individually, through their own internal monologues, they're trying desperately to figure out how they can make this craziness work. So it's time now for our next special guest to arrive. And this time out, we encounter Lolo and his traveling companion, Larry. Now, Larry has come screeching into the house looking for Oscar because of the relationship that Oscar and Lolo have had. Of course, Oscar is not there. You, you'd think maybe people would know that Oscar's not home, but they don't. So now we've got two other people who have descended on the house while Scotty and Roman are trying to have dinner. And once again, there's a story to be had between these two that will continue to play out through kind of the rest of the book. Of everybody who showed up here, I found these two the most interesting especially as more uh, unspooled with their story. I feel like they're almost a B story to this book, more so than any of the other arrivals are. Yeah, our two heroes are definitely exasperated by their arrival, but they're also intrigued because they're such a bizarre, mismatched pair. Lolo is this very grandiloquent diva of a man, and Larry is just, just this tiny cretin of a... I think they call him, what do they call him, a toad? Most yes, of the, yes, toad. toad. <laughs> they refer to him as toad more often than not. So after their interaction with Lolo and the toad, Roman receives a phone call from Polly. She's actually told her baby daddy of the entire situation, and he is 100% on board, and she is freaking out. <laughs> yeah, she she did not expect that, and she's still looking for a way out, and she blames the whole thing on Roman for daring to suggest that she actually, you know, tell the guy what's going on. And yeah, she's just not having any of it. Exactly. She's worried that it's impossible for her and Howard to make things work. And that actually makes Roman briefly question the crazy idea of him and Scotty together. But eventually he talks, he, but eventually he ends up talking Polly down. And at the same time, reasserting his feelings about Scotty. He's saying, you know what, Polly, you need to calm down. Howard is a grown man, and if he wants to make an attempt to make this work, you owe it to him. And of course, it's advice that they both desperately need to take. So after another night spent in each other's arms, Scotty and Roman have to play host to Officer Sexy Pants, Trevor, who has come by once again to deal with the report of not one but two stolen cars, uh, a problem they have encountered because Marigold's supposed current boyfriend, a guy named Cyan. Can't help himself but to take a car. <laughs> he does this repeatedly. He, he'll lift any car that happens to be in the parking lot. 
and it's here that Trevor meets Lolo, and there is some instant attraction, to which the Toad does not take kindly. To add to this menagerie of characters, Roman's sister and her family stop by. Well, to be fair, they're the only people that were actually invited to the situation. (laughs) So Roman at least knew they were showing up, although he never told Scotty because this is a surprise for him. It's revealed uh, in some of their earlier talks that despite the fact that Scotty is a carriage driver, what he doesn't know how to do is actually ride Nugget. His brother-in-law owns a stable and works with horses. He has invited his sister and the family out to be able to teach Scotty how to ride. It is a wonderful gesture to give that to Scotty so that he can essentially bond with Nugget in this way beyond just being his owner. Now they can actually like go off on a ride together. Which is super sweet, but once again, you know, the way that everybody kind of descends is just a little adds to the chaos because it's Roman's sister, his brother-in-law, and two little girls who've now been added to the mix staying at this house. And the interactions between them, Lolo, the Toad, and Officer Trevor are all (laughs) some of the weird hilarity that this book is all about. And it's in this moment that Diana takes her brother aside and tells Roman that she sees what's going on. She sees how he's acting around Scotty and wants to know what's the deal, because this looks like the real thing. Yeah, she is wise. She is not in that house probably more than a couple hours. Just, yeah, she knows immediately. She, and, she, she's got his number. <laughs> but the other super sweet thing that happens right away, but it's also not surprising knowing Scotty, is how fast he bonds with the little girls, keeping them occupied at the table, keeping them occupied when the adults are doing other, you know, weird things that maybe maybe the children shouldn't be a part of. He would actually make them a great uncle. And of course, the horseback riding lesson is everything you would want it to be. It would make a delightful uh, bit of a montage scene in a movie, (laughs) getting to see Scotty actually learn how to ride Nugget. It's shortly after that that Roman and Scotty kind of have another one of their talks as they continue to try and talk each other out of this relationship. Scotty lets Roman know that not only is his his mom that has a record, but that Scotty actually also has a record because of some of the shenanigans he got up to with his mom. And, you know, he doesn't think that it's fair that Roman would have to live with the idea that someone could go digging around, find out Scotty's got the record, and start to write stories about that. And Roman unequivocally says that he didn't even care about that because Scotty was more worth it to be with him than whatever had been lurking around in his past. So it's just one more kind of click of the dial that these two are just going to, you know, eventually realize that they're head over heels for each other and made for each other and going to go for it. These guys have been in the house long enough to know that you don't want anybody to show up at the door. So this chapter opens with what might be my favorite opening line. And this is from Roman's POV. The doorbell rang again and I groaned. Because (laughs) yes, you don't want the doorbell to ring. You don't want anybody else (laughs) showing up at the house. Guess who it is this time? We have Scotty's mom on the scene. And Scotty has no idea how she got here, but he has forgotten that when he sent the money, he actually gave the address in Vermont where he was. So gave her the clue on how to get to this place. And of course, 
he's immediately afraid, as he should be, that she's going to look for whatever she can do to grift this situation. And Roman actually wants to be a good host, even though that he's well aware that this woman's a grifter. He's like, you just can't send your mom out into this cold, stormy, snowy thing. You know, we'll deal with it. And unfortunately, Scotty really sees this as the beginning of the end. He doesn't see how it can end well with his mom there. He's essentially begged her to not wreck this because he feels like this could be the one. And at this moment, she's not really on board with that because she's really looking out for herself at this point. But God love him. Roman is undeterred. And even when Scotty tells him this, he's like, it will be fine and they'll fix it. Yeah, Roman immediately comes up with different scenarios of how they can deal with the situation with Nugget and Scotty's mom and keep them both together at the same time. And Roman says, it's like the least I can do for my boyfriend. (laughs) And that makes Scotty perk up. He's like, boyfriend, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, he even adds to it because he, he, he flat out tells Scotty that he's not really walking alone in this anymore. It's at this time that our madcap collection of miscreant side characters all collect into the main house. But not before Polly herself makes a grand entrance in a helicopter. <laughs> what a way to arrive. <laughs> Followed quickly by the news that there's a snowstorm coming and they're all stranded. Nothing like a little force proximity thrown in for good measure. Nothing like a little force proximity to just add one more thing into this mix. And then to add the final component to who shows up here, the paparazzi actually arrive. And somebody decides it was a good idea to let them into the house. And this finally just, you know, finishes triggering Roman completely. And he essentially orders Scotty and his mom off to the den to get them out of the line of fire so that he is the only one who's about to take the hits that are going to come from the paparazzi being here and seeing all of this stuff between Polly being there and everybody else who gathered in this room. And Scotty unfortunately misreads the situation. He thinks that Roman is sending them away because he's ashamed of them, when in fact he is trying to protect them. So Scotty makes a run for it and goes out to the barn to the one person he can depend on. He goes to spend some time with his beloved horse, Nugget. And he saddles her up and takes her out for a quick ride in order to clear his head. Despondent that the current situation may be the final nail in the coffin of the possibility of having a relationship of this man that he's grown to love in just a few short days. And Roman, true to the panic attack, ended up hiding out in the bathroom that was just off the main room. And once he had Scotty essentially where he thought Scotty would be safe he decided that he would go hide out himself. And of course, it was his sister who kind of sprang to the to, into action and got the photographers out and started trying to calm Roman down. Glad to see that all the insanity has finally been taken care of. He asked Diana where Scotty is, and she's like, I don't know. He took off. And Roman is actually furious. He believes Scotty is angry that all of this insanity constantly surrounds Roman, but Diana talks him down from that anger and makes him realize that Scotty may have misconstrued Roman's protection and making it seem like he was ashamed of him in some way. So he has to go find Scotty out in the middle of this storm and fix things. Yeah, and it was a unique combination of Diana and Scotty's mom who were like, you know what? You've misread this. He thinks everything was his fault. You need to go find him. 
And so it's off into the snow and <laughs> it's so sweet. Cause I mean, Scotty's kind of gone off and talked to Nugget for a while, but he's also gotten lost in the snowstorm. And <laughs> it's Lady Gaga that helps reunite them because Scotty's out here singing Lady Gaga and trying to find his way back. And it's all that singing that helps Roman find his man out in the snow. <laughs> And it's at this point that our two heroes finally nail down their true declaration of love. And they realize that when it comes to the two of them, there's never going to be a perfect and serene love story for them. It's always going to be this crazy and wacky. Yeah. And and Scotty steps up to that fact because the paparazzi finds them outside as they're headed back. And Scotty takes command of that situation. He's like, you can have these pictures and then we're going to go inside and you're going to go away. And he essentially sets up an agreement with the paparazzi on what will and will not be in bounds as they start this relationship together. It was great to see Scotty go from hesitant about how to deal with certain things in terms of Roman's stardom to really just picking up and owning it and setting those rules and making it good. Yeah, taking command of the situation and realizing that this is what they truly want. And despite the fact that they're never going to be in the ideal situation of like a perfect, serene, private life, they know that each other are worth it. They're willing to make the sacrifices to make this love story work for the two of them. Yeah. And what a nice love story it was. Yes, I know. It's so good. (laughs) The epilogue jumps forward uh, a few months to where they now have their own place where people still drop in on them in, in some cases also not invited but it's their place and you get a nice glimpse of what their life together has become and what it will continue to be and that is the story of roman and scotty they're l-o-l-h-e-a and i loved it it was exactly the book that i needed for the the last few weeks that we've had Lucy continues to prove to me that she can do no wrong. And her teaming up with her sister, with Molly Maddox, was just brilliant. Yeah, I really enjoyed this story a lot. Let's talk about some aspects of the story. Secondary characters. Oh, boy, there are a whole lot of them in this book. Do you have any initial thoughts? It was an amazing array of lunacy that she brought. But she brought lunacy in a way that everybody had their distinct role to play, whether it was Oscar's family or Lolo and the Toad or the officer who kept showing up for various things. And even Scotty's mom each brought something. What it was is that they weren't there just for the sake of crazy, zany comedy. Like, woohoo, look at us. We're being madcap and crazy. They were actually all pieces of a puzzle that at the end of the story, they all clicked into place into Roman and Scotty's story. It was really interesting from a storytelling perspective to see how that was handled. Online, I did see a handful of reviews where certain readers didn't like all of the secondary characters and all of the kind of comedic shenanigans that they brought to the story saying i mean some people even went so far as to say that they were distracting when it came to the love story i actually think it's the exact opposite what lucy and molly were really doing were kind of playing with a classic madcap romantic farce Mm -hmm. like you might see in an old-fashioned play where a group of characters are trapped in a vacation getaway and 
a hilarious door slamming shenanigans ensue. I think that's sort of the theme and ideas that they're playing with in this book. And like I said, they're all there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Not only do the pieces all fit together in the end, each of their interactions with Scotty and Roman serve a purpose. Yeah, it makes them each in its own way figure out more why they belong together and how they complement each other and how they get through situations. Yeah, through each of their interactions with all of the secondary characters, we either learn something about Scotty and Roman's past or through their interactions, we learn who they are as people, which understandably, not only are Scotty and Roman, you know, sexually attracted to one another, it's through these Uh, ridiculous situations that they find themselves in and how each of them handle it in their own specific way, they realize that this is a person worth knowing and a person worth being in love with for a lifetime. Yeah, because they can feel safe with each other. Exactly. I mean, and that's crucial. Got to give a shout out to Michael Dean for the audio here. (laughs) Lucy is a pro at throwing characters at him. I mean, you look at some of the stuff he's had to do in the Marion and the Wild books. Huge cast of characters here. He did a tremendous job in this book, helping to delineate the characters and to really make that romance between Scotty and Roman work so well. (laughs) Something else I want to bring up real quick before we wrap things up is the idea of Roman being a service top. When Scotty brought this up, I thought it was the funniest thing. Number one, because it's so very true. I thought the the moment when Scotty realizes this about Roman, it's really funny because Roman is not only, you know, amazing. He's wealthy. He's famous. He's hot. He's amazing in bed. But he's also a service top. I mean, it's like he's perfect. Literally perfect in every conceivable way. And Scotty's like, what in the world did I do to deserve this? It's really very, very funny. Yeah, but sweet, too. I mean, everything has the underlying sweetness to it, which is why I, one of the reasons I love it so much. Yeah. I think we both agree that LOL is a really good time and a very sweetly romantic, and we both highly recommend it. Indeed. So I hope you've enjoyed our deep dive discussion of the book club pick for the month of April. And we would love to know what you thought of the book. So if you want to leave some comments in the show notes page, we'd love to see what you thought of LOL by Lucy Lennox and Molly Maddox. And stay tuned. Coming soon, we'll let you know what the May pick is so that you can start reading along with us for the next book. Thank you again for joining us for this month's book club pick. I know times are difficult right now, but there's one thing I know for certain. It's that no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. Until next time, everyone, please keep turning those pages and keep reading. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. New episodes of this show are available every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. You can help support this show with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For more information about joining our community and the bonus content we deliver, check out patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. I'm Kurt Graves. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.